0: Thanks for listening to this podcast from Christ Church of Orinogo. Our hope is that it would help you discover completeness in Jesus. Now for this week's teaching. We have trust issues, people. And for good reason, I would say. I found this BuzzFeed article that is all about the reasons that we shouldn't trust people. I mean, come on, how many of you guys fell for the lie that Bed Bath & Beyond actually folds towels all the way up to the ceiling? And this girl who sat down and... Uh, just trusted with all of her heart that her camping chair would catch her, and it did not. This person who went climbing, assuming that the rope that he bought with a person climbing on it was safe for climbing, but if you look close, you will see with a little asterisk, it says, not suitable for climbing. Maybe pick a different stock photo, people. And finally, Uh, This person who had this blatant life thrust in their face that Auntie Anne's was, in fact, out of pretzels, when you can see very clearly, they got a whole rack of pretzels back there. Why are they holding out on us? Now, while we could build a case for why we maybe shouldn't always trust other people, the one person who has literally never given us a reason to distrust him is God. He has never lied He has never even misled us. He has never failed to follow through on his promises. But for some reason, Adam and Eve, and let's be honest, you and I, make decisions based on a lie that the one who only lies has fed us. God can't be trusted. Now, I have created for the sake of clarity tonight a flow chart, Um, and I want you to not only hear the way that God worked in the story of Adam and Eve, but I also want you to see it. So, we talked about last week, the first thing on our flowchart, God created. God, the creator of the whole universe, including you and I, does not, and I repeat, does not do things on accident. He creates in a new and good and extraordinarily specific way. Next, we see that God commanded The God who created us with such intention, I believe, should have the authority to say what is best for for you and I. Last week, we determined that what he says is best for us in the design for sex is that one man and one woman would live unified in marriage forever. Now, let's go back into this story in Genesis, to the story of Adam and Eve. Starting in chapter 3, we read about an interaction with a serpent, which is a fancy name for a snake. You're welcome. That one's for free. This snake finds Eve in the garden, and the first words out of his mouth are a distortion of the truth. He says, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Next, the serpent lied. This is the first lie that can distort or change the way that we think. The serpent accused God of not wanting what was best for Adam and Eve by questioning his judgment of what was good and bad. And Adam and Eve became convinced. As they became convinced, they began to doubt what they knew and had experienced to be true about who God was. Adam and Eve doubted. But sometimes... Let's be honest, we can all put the cart before the horse. Maybe we aren't even considering or questioning a decision that we act on and we decide to just go with our feelings about something. Like do something or you look at something or you say something and you aren't really thinking about why you're doing what you're doing. Instead, it just happens. But whether you think through your decisions before or after, you too are becoming convinced of who God is in those actions when we become convinced of this in our lives we can begin to ask questions like did God really say that sex is only for marriage or is it actually bad for me to watch porn or do I really have to respect girls even when they aren't around or if God's so good why doesn't anybody want to date me Well, let's take a step back and let's think about what we know is true. God designed us with intention and purpose, and he gave us limits and guides for our benefit. But that doesn't change the fact that we have our own feelings and our own wants, right? Well, I think it's also important to acknowledge at this point a very important fact. Our feelings do not always tell us the truth. In fact, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 12, says that just because something is technically legal doesn't mean that it's spiritually appropriate. If I went around doing whatever I thought I could get by with, I would be a slave to my whims. So, while our feelings can make us aware of something that is true, just because we feel like we should do something does not mean we should do it. But, In Adam and Eve's case, and in our case, sin disrupted. Eve ate the fruit. Adam did too. In an instant, they gave up the immense satisfaction of living in perfection with God for a a disgustingly cheap bite of what they felt they wanted something they thought would bring wisdom and instead brought pain. But it doesn't stop with fruit. We, ourselves, have cheapened the life God allotted us with, the same deception. When it comes to our sexuality, something God intentionally created so good and so pure, we have followed the whims of our feelings and traded in the richness of sex as God designed it for things that are cheap. Like watching pornography. Like asking for pictures from your girlfriend or boyfriend that are inappropriate. Like talking about boys and girls as objects to be used when they aren't around. We have chosen to make the sacred commonplace. And all of a sudden we've found ourselves in a place of hiding. Hoping that no one will ever find us. Hide and seek. Do you know who else went hiding when they realized their sin? Adam and Eve. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Can I say something that you might not want to hear? What you hide can't be healed. But here is the good news. God doesn't want you to hide. He never intended for you to be ashamed of who He created you to be. And that is why He comes looking for Adam and Eve. And that is why He is asking you the same question tonight that He asked Adam and Eve in the garden. It says that the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? Now, Adam and Eve go back and forth for a while, playing a little bit of a blame game. Funny, because they almost sound like the serpent accusing God of something untrue as they accuse one another for what has happened. But God sees them, he knows them, and he saves them. Because God saves us. Adam and Eve are obedient to answer his question when he asks. And he saves them. What you hide can't be healed. I have said this before and I will say it again, repentance, which is a word that means turning from your sin, feeling the conviction of the Holy Spirit and confessing our sin and turning to God. Repentance is not our punishment. It is our peace. And tonight I want to ask you to do something that might be uncomfortable. Some of you are sitting here and the Holy Spirit is urging you to talk to your leader about some things you're letting disrupt God's design for your life. I'm reminded of a story from the New Testament in Matthew 19 about a rich young ruler. Now, this story um, is during Jesus' ministry on earth. He encounters a man who comes to him and he says, Lord, teacher, I have followed all of your commandments. I have done all of the things you've asked me to do. What else must I do to follow you? And Jesus says, well, don't steal, you know, don't kill, don't do these bad things. And he says, yes, I've done them. As if to say, give me a bigger challenge. I've done those things. I've met those commands. And then Jesus says something that he responds a little bit differently to. Jesus says, Okay, well, if you've done all these things, then go and sell everything you own and follow me. Now, this story ends pretty sadly because the man, it says, who was so excited to follow God before, it says that he just, he went away sad. He was unwilling to give up everything to follow God, and he just went away sad. Now, I find it even more interesting what the disciples say to Jesus after they've left the crowd. In Matthew 19, verse 25, it says that the, the disciples are with, with Jesus, and they, it says the disciples were staggered. They were shocked. They say to Jesus, then who has any chance at all? Jesus looked hard at them and said, no chance at all if you think you can pull it off yourself. But every chance in the world if you trust God to do it. Don't leave anything in your life unsurrendered to God. He created you, he knows what is best for you, and he even knows that whatever you feel like hiding from him is best brought into the light where he can remind you that the lies you have believed about him and about yourself are not true. So tonight, leave this place and respond to the question that God is asking you. Where are you? Thanks again for checking out this podcast. We hope this teaching helped you to discover completeness in Jesus and encourages you to help others do the same. For more resources or to learn about Christ Church in general, visit us online at cco.church.